Hey everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, C-W-O-W-I.org. Visit our website, sign up for my weekly thoughts and my monthly newsletters. That's where we put information about our Zoom online meetings, our conferences, uh, our travels, things of that nature. And uh, and we are a house church network, C-W-O-W-I.org. There are 10 uh, question and answer videos on our website about house church there are uh, audio series by CD or MP3, House Church 101, and things I've learned since doing House Church. You can learn all about us there on our website, and I hope you'll hope you'll do that. So um, we just celebrate the gathering of the saints in the home, the way they did it from the day of Pentecost until the, the time that Christianity was legalized about 300 years later. And they called them out of homes and into the formerly pagan temples that were already set up like the modern auditorium, they had a pulpit, they had pews and everything else in the raised platform. So Constantine and, and such said, hey, these pagan auditoriums are great for the body of Christ. So <laughs> anyway, I won't get into it. Today, talking part two about, about uh, trespass, the law of the trespass, and, and how tr forgiveness is not uh, necessarily a warm and fuzzy feeling. Because church culture says, oh, you've got to forgive no matter what. And we, in our sense of right and wrong, have been injured and we want justice. And that's normal, natural human reaction. And it's a God thing to want justice. So I covered last week the law of the trespass, which is found in Leviticus chapter six and the first uh, four, five, six verses there, where the Lord uses a hypothetical situation. And he says, now, if your neighbor has found something that belongs to you, or he stole something, or he got something by deceit, that if he wants to make it right with his fellow, then he has to return that item which he got by deceit, or the thing that he got by stealing, or the thing that he held onto and didn't report it to his to the guy who owned it. He said he has to return that item, make it right with the person, and add 20% of the value of that item, and then come with the priest and make your sacrifice to the Lord, and he will be forgiven. In other words, there are the sins which are vertical. This deals with the guilt that you've sinned against God. And then there is the horizontal, which is the trespass. It means to overstep your bounds, to go across your boundary, to do something wrong. And the trespass involves injury, so that we have the guilt that's vertical and the injury which is horizontal. And Paul carries this forward uh, in the context, and it helps us understand that Jesus and Paul were, all, being Jewish and understanding the culture, uh, spoke and taught from this context. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul says, You who were once dead in your sins and trespasses, God the Father has made alive. And so Ephesians 2, 1 carries forward this idea that there are sins and there are trespasses. There is the guilt and then there is the injury. And so my question today is, do we have to forgive the injury? Is, is, that, is that part of forgiveness? Because the church culture says, you know, you've been injured, you've been hurt, you've been wronged. You just have to feel warm and fuzzy about it. You have to force yourself. Is that really New Testament reality? Is that New Testament thinking? Well, uh, in Mark chapter, is there a place for anger, in other words? In Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, Jesus uh, asked the leaders, uh, the, some of the scribes and everything, is it right to do good on the Sabbath? I mean, if your animal falls into a ditch, don't you work to get it out? And there was a man who had an injury where his arm had been atrophied, had been withered. And Jesus had him stand up and, and he said, is it right to do good on the Sabbath? And they wouldn't answer him. And it says, Jesus was angry with them, grieved because of the hardness of their heart. In other words, Jesus had a justifiable anger because the people knew what to do. They knew what was right to do, but they refused to do it. So Jesus' anger, anger was justified. He was not, he did not sin at all. 
and he did what was right. He healed the man with the withered arm. It's interesting. He said the, that he was grieved because of the hardness of the people's hearts. The word hardness there uh, is where we get the word sclerosis, like sclerosis of the liver or an artery can, can suffer sclerosis. And it means back then it was a, a whitewash process. It was adding what we would say today, a layer of whitewash or paint, letting it dry, then add another layer, letting it dry, then add another layer. It was a layering. So Jesus was was grieved because they had added layer upon layer of the hardening of the heart. So his anger was justified. So maybe you have done what's right and you've gone to that person and tried to build a bridge toward them. And all you got was a wall of silence uh, in response. Well, you have done that and you could be hurt. You could be angry because, because of the hardening of their heart. But you still do what's right. Jesus did what was right and he healed the man. So there's a place for anger. Jesus cleared the temple. He was angry saying, you've made my house of prayer into a den of thieves. And so there was justifi justifiable anger there. There, there. There's a part there where if you've been anger, angered, if you've been hurt, there's part where the angry is the proper response. Uh, but what do you do with it? Oh, of course, Jesus would have forgiven them vertically. And who knows where he was, you know, on the horizontal element of it. He didn't go back in there and say, hey, guys, forgive me for upsetting the money tables or anything like that. Uh, he didn't go back to the scribe and say, hey, forgive me. You know, I forgive you guys for being hardness of heart. No, no, no. He, 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 I'm sure, forgave them vertically, but there wasn't anything addressed trespass because he didn't sin against them. They were in the wrong and they wouldn't acknowledge it. So I mentioned last week too, Ephesians or Galatians 6 1, where Paul said, You who are overtaken in a fault. And that word fault is trespass. And let me let me add this. There are lots of different translations of the New Testament. And there are many people with many different native languages listening to me now with different Bibles that they have. So you're not always going to get an accurate translation in that. So the way you can tell if it's a trespass is look at the context. Is it talking about a sin against another person? If so, then it's a trespass. And that's the way it is in Galatians 6 1, where he says the, the word fault there is trespass. So a person overtaken in a trespass, you, you join with them, you try to reconcile. So let me move on. Uh, this bit about uh, the, the subject today about um, the, the, the difficulty, the injury, not just the sin, but the injury. So we can say, Lord, forgive them. We can be like Jesus if we want to be, take the high road, you know, Lord, forgive the Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, and we can do that. And it's very easy vertically. It's, it's more difficult if we, it's like, Father, they know exactly what they're doing and they've hurt me. You know, they've got the, the vertical, which is the guilt and the horizontal, which is the injury. So what do you do in those situations? Well, Jesus told the disciples right at his resurrection in John chapter 20 and verse 23, he said, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whosoever sins you retain, that is you hold on to, they are retained. Now, what's an example of that? Well, let me say this, <clears throat> that, that it is it is unrealistic to think that every Christian who goes to his death feels warm and fuzzy about everything. In fact, in, in, in uh, the Revelation, in Revelation chapter 6, I believe it is, the Apostle John sees multitudes of martyrs under the or before the throne of the Father God crying out, How long, O Lord, until you wreak, wreak vengeance on those who killed us? <laughs> How long until you take vengeance uh, on those who murdered us, who martyred us? And they, and they were given robes of righteousness and told to wait a little bit longer. So even in heaven, people remember the wrong that was done to them. So, so don't get this religiousness thinking that every Christian is warm and fuzzy about everything that happened in life and all the people who injured them and hurt them and everything. And that's not a prerequisite for getting into heaven. You don't have to feel warm and fuzzy about it. 
But what did Jesus say? What does he mean? He says, whoever sends you, you forgive or, or remit, they are remitted. And whosoever sends you retain, they are retained. Well, an example is in John chapter 7, or excuse me, the book of Acts chapter 7, verses 55 and 56. In Acts chapter 7, verses 55 and 56, we have the, the end of the trial of Stephen. The whole chapter of chapter 7 takes, is about the trial of Stephen. And when uh, the people are convicted of their sin, because he's talking about Jesus and the resurrection from the dead, uh, they were angry. But then this is what actually set them, what pulled the trigger on his execution, on his being stoned to death, is this. He said, he said, the heavens were opened, and he said, I see the Son of Man, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father God. And when he said he saw the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God, they closed their ears and they rushed on him and took him out and immediately executed him. Why did he, what was that to them? You say, well, it was about Jesus. Well, there was much more than that. It was the phrase, I see the Son of Man standing by the right hand of God. You see, what they understood in their Jewish culture is that Isaiah 3.13 says this, the Lord stands up to plead with his people. The Lord stands up to judge his people. That's Isaiah 3, 13. And that's just a snippet of the whole context, but that's an accurate context. And so when, when Stephen had the heavens open and he saw the Lord and he said, I see the Son of Man standing, what they heard with their ears was that Jesus is ju their judge and he is getting ready to judge them, that he's been pleading through Stephen with his people, trying to get them to listen to Stephen. And it, and to them, that was blasphemy. They didn't receive that. And so they took Stephen out and, and executed him. But what did Stephen do? Stephen said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. We don't have a picture of it described in the book of Acts, but what would have happened was when Stephen said, don't lay this sin to their charge, Jesus would have sat back down. In other words, he, he rose up to plead with them and to execute judgment upon them, to judge them and hold them accountable. If Stephen wanted to hold on to their sins and say, Lord, please remember this because they've done me a lot of harm. They're about to kill me. He, Stephen could have done that, but he released it. And he said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And so the Lord would have sat back down. Uh, this is an example in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 14 through, what is it, 16, where Paul, and I'll close with this example, where Paul uh, is writing his last letter right before he's to be executed. And he had already said, you know, I, I've run the race. I, I've finished my course. I've done everything that the Lord has asked me to do. I'm ready to go to be offered. And he's writing this. These are his closing words. And you think if there was any time that he would clear the books, if there was any time that he would say, I want to make it right. I'm going to feel warm and fuzzy when I go to my execution. You'd think it would be in his last letter to Timothy, his, his disciple in the faith. But no, that's not what he says. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, he says this. These are, these are the closing words of his last letter. He said this, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to what he did. And then a couple of verses later in verses uh, 15, 16, uh, he says this. He says, when I was first brought into court, when I was first arraigned into court, no one stood with me. I pray that this will not be laid to their account. In other words, I'm asking the Lord to forgive them. His friends deserted him when he was brought before the Roman court. They didn't want to be associated with him unless somebody said, hey, let's arrest these guys too. Uh, they knew Paul was going to be going to his death. And so Paul said, you know, when I first went to in my first court appearance here, Nobody stood with me, but he said, I prayed, Lord, uh, don't lay this to their charge. And he said, the Lord stood with me. 
when no one else did. So it's interesting that in verse 14, he says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to, to what he did. And in his friends who betrayed him, he just said, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. That shows you that we have the authority to say, Father, I, you know, I forgive them vertically, but they injured me horizontally. That's what Paul was saying there in 2 Timothy 4.14. And I want you to handle it. And so what I'm, what I'm saying is this. There are times when you will forgive vertically and you would like to make it right horizontally, but there's no opportunity or the per, or to, so much time has passed, it would be irrelevant in their lives, they've moved on, or perhaps uh, they just don't want to talk to you. And you do what's right vertically. You forgive the sin and release them horizontally in the injury that they caused you. Uh, if it's your friends, your, your neighbor in the Lord, etc., but there may be those people that you say, Lord, there's no way they're going to make it right with me. They're not going to own up to the injury that they caused. So would you deal with them, please? I'd turn them over to you. The Lord will deal with them like Alexander the coppersmith. You see, this is essentially what Jesus said coming full circle in Matthew chapter 18, verses 11 through 20, where in verses 11 through 14, he talks about the lost sheep about the, the the flock of 100 and the one who goes astray into the wilderness. And he says, the shepherd will leave the 99 to go after the one who's lost in the wilderness. And then Jesus picks it up in verse 15. He says, moreover, if your brother sins against you, in other words, if he trespasses against you, go to him privately. In other words, Jesus, the moreover connects the lost sheep parable with an individual who's trespassed against you. And he says, go and try to be reconciled. You're reconciling because you've forgiven him vertically, and you're trying to get them to acknowledge the horizontal injury that they caused. And he said, if they don't receive you, then take one or two more witnesses. If not, then take it to the to the leadership of the house church. Remember, these are house churches, so it's a small group of people. He says, take it to them. And if not, treat them like they're not saved. In other words, you love on them. You don't forsake them. You don't ostracize them. You don't uh, avoid them. You love them like they're unsaved. And, and he says, and then where the two or three, that's the original one, two, and three people who went to him to try to be reconciled, then you're praying for him. And he says, there I am in the midst. In other words, those one or two or three, after they won't be reconciled individually, then one or two witnesses, then the body of Christ, the Lord says, you guys meet together for prayer for this person. I'm there in your midst. I'm the good shepherd. I will go after them and I will find them. And if it's a brother or sister in the Lord, he will deal with it. He can do that. And if it's like Alexander the coppersmith who did you much harm, then you may want to say, Lord, you deal with them. One way or the other, you forgive vertically. And if you if they won't be reconciled horizontally, then say, Lord, you deal with it. It's within your authority to ask the Lord to deal with them. So anyway, hope this has been a blessing to you. And uh, visit our website, cwowi.org.